Did you ever think you were made it? I feel I'm so close I could take sweet victory I know this life meant for me yeah. Why would you bet on Goliath when we got bet David? Value taming, giving values contagious This world of entrepreneurs, we get no value to haters Now they run, homie, look what I become I'm the, I'm the one. This is Patrick Bedev, your host of Value Team, and today I'm sitting down with probably one of the most controversial figures in the bodybuilding world, and that's Chad Nichols, who is both loved by folks like Flex Wheeler and Ronnie Coleman, and he's hated by many, especially Sean Ray. So I gotta tell you, I remember when I interviewed Sammy Double Gravano, and when I interviewed Sammy, Sammy called out Teddy Atlas. A month later, Teddy Atlas sat right here and he said, listen, I gotta respond to what Sammy said. I remember when we had Dorian Yates here, and he called that Brandon Curry. A month later, Brandon Curry showed up and responded to Dorian. However, Sean Ray calls out Chad Nichols. Chad showed up in the front doorstep here within 24 hours. So with that being said, Chad, thanks for coming out. I appreciate you having me. So I'm assuming that uh, video with our uh, buddy uh, Sean really fired you up a little bit. It did a little bit. It wasn't anything that I wasn't used to, but um, it is, you know, when you wake up in the morning and you have 25 DMs with a... Uh, clip of uh, Sean's at it again, uh, you get a little irritated. Was so. it anything different than what he had said in the past you, before? It really wasn't. Okay. It was mostly the same stuff, but there was a couple things within it that was like just fab completely fabricated, which was kind of shocking. Like, I'm not even sure why he went down the road, but because um, it didn't pertain to like him bashing me. Um, but like it was, again, completely fabricated. So. so how about I play it? I got a part of it. I'm not going to play the whole thing because okay. it'll be six minutes. I got the 50 second part of it and then we can go from there. Uh, and obviously I got a lot of other topics I want to go into with you, but let's start off with our buddy here, John Ray. Did you and Chad Nichols ever do anything together? Absolutely not. Okay, He's Dr. Follow? Kevorkian to me, bro. In 1996, I went to guest post for him, took me to dinner, and he asked me if I needed any help. I just got second place to Dorian Yates. No, I don't need your help. I don't even know you. And I think that's where we started to butt heads. Ronnie Coleman will defend him to the ninth degree, but he was in that bathtub near death in 2001 at the direction of Chad Nichols, who's not a doctor, by the way. There's at least five deaths. Don Youngblood, Nasser El Sambadi, Dallas McCarver, uh, and a few other people as a bodybuilding coach mm -hmm. that are dead and in the ground and he hadn't gone to one funeral. So I have a reason to be pissed. So that's a shorter, abbreviated version of, you know, uh, of what he said. Exactly. What, what are your thoughts on what he said there? So there's a couple things. Okay. Uh, it depends where you want me to start. We can start from the beginning. The most, uh, I don't know if I want to say funny because I don't think any of it's funny, but the most interesting part of it, and it basically outlines basically his direction of the whole thing, is right from the get-go because he says, you ask him if we ever worked together, and his response was, absolutely not, but he went and guest posed for me in 96, and I asked him if he wanted to work with me, or basically mm -hmm, that's mm -hmm. what he did. That's a complete lie. Like, that's an absolute lie, and when I explain it to you, you'll understand. He did absolutely guest pose for me that year. Um, he came, he guest posed, we went out to eat. We, that was literally the first time that I'd probably talked to him. I didn't even know if he was in town until I got to the uh, venue and there was a Lamborghini <laughs> parked out in front of uh, the venue that some guy from Arkansas had brought down for him to drive around town all day. Um, he guest posed, I didn't have any issues there. We go out to eat. And we literally talked about three things. We talked about his 
like which was weird because I was actually under the impression he was from a very wealthy family, but he, he kind of portrayed the fact that his brother was a drug addict and his mother was in prison for drugs, and which me and my wife were kind of like, wow, we thought he was from a very like wealthy family. So we we're kind of shocked by that. No big deal. And then he kind of portrayed this uh, image of him like really working out of the gutters and coming, you know, becoming mm -hmm, this thing, mm -hmm. which I like, again, like we don't know him like by at all. I don't know him at all. At that time, the bodybuilding world doesn't know him yet? Or? He, no, they know him, but we, we don't. don't know him. We don't, okay, I don't I know him from Adam. When you say we, is you and yeah, Kim. Yeah, me and Kim. Okay. We don't know anything about him. We was just under the impression, impression that he was from a very wealthy family just based off of how he, they, he was maybe portrayed mm -hmm. in the mm -hmm. magazines, which is really the only way we know him. Um, he talked a little bit about the cars, how this guy would sell him the cars. He would buy the car, drive it for two months, resell it, which I thought was kind of a cool idea. Um, and then he basically talked about finances. That was the only thing we talked about. Now, here's the interesting thing. We didn't talk about nutrition. We didn't talk about athletes I was working with. We didn't talk about anything about that. The reason we didn't talk about that is because I wasn't working with athletes yet. I hadn't trained anyone. The only person I had trained up until that point is Kim from 92 to 96. I don't first get involved in nutrition until the 97 Olympia. At no point would there ever be a conversation of, of a kid, I was 27 years old or whatever, I don't know, 28, 9 years old. I would never be even talking in that realm because I wasn't there yet. Like, nobody's talking about, hey, Chad Nichols is working with athletes. He's, you know, doing this. He's doing that. That part hasn't even started. It's a year down the road. Um, so that is completely fabricated. 100% completely fabricated. In no way, shape, or form did why that would he ever say happen. That, why would he say that? Well, I'm going to tell you why he said that. Because I never asked him. But... Now we fast forward. So in 97, I do start working with athletes. Okay. And I trained Nasser El Simbadi mm -hmm. and I trained Paul Dillette. Both of them go on. Most people think that Nasser could have won the Olympia that year. Dorian ends up winning, but no matter what, it was the best that Nasser had ever looked that year. 98, we come to the Arnold Classic and Flex Wheeler wins. Now, a lot of people will say that's his best ever. I think his two best is his first one, 93, mm -hmm. where he was a little smaller, but conditioning was mm -hmm. phenomenal. And 98, which he was bigger, and again, conditioning phenomenal. Directly after the 98, Arnold, now this is where everybody's going to, this is going to be interesting. After the 98 Arnold, I get a phone call from Boyer Co. Now, if you're familiar with Boyer Co., Sean Ray and Boyer Co., they had a workout program called Flex Workout together. So they were friends. He also dated a girl named Debbie Mugley, who was a professional bodybuilder. My wife and Debbie Mugley were friends. So when we would go out to California, we would go out to eat with Boyer and Debbie, and we became friends. Boyer Co. calls me and says, listen, Chad, would you be interested in working with Sean Ray? Because the Olympia is open this year, and we believe that with your guidance, he could win the Olympia. And so at this point, I'm kind of like, okay, because I'd already started hearing like little tidbits of stuff that was starting to come like after the Flex Wheeler um, win at, at the Arnold, right? That was all kind of being directed at Sean, but uh, rumors, right? Because at this point, we have no social media. Everything is just mm -hmm. hearsay yep. kind of stuff. And 
again, this can all be literally confirmed through Boyer Co. So, um, so Boyer calls me and asks me this, and I'm like, listen, honestly, there has to be three things that has to factor in for me to work with an athlete. One, I have to believe they're a hard worker. Two, I have to believe that they'll pay attention and do exactly what I say, they're, they're, that I'm not wasting my time with the athlete. And three, I have to believe that we are going to click and that the person is not a, like that he's a decent human being. Sean doesn't match any of the three criteria. I have zero interest in working with him. Zero. You, you told this to, uh, to Boyer Co. Now, now, prior to this, how many interactions have you had with Sean? None. Except for that dinner. Yes. No, okay. I take that back. I take that back. Actually, so uh, we, we're at the dinner. So now at the dinner, supposedly, this is when I supposedly asked him, right? Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, Chad's the devil, right? Like, we don't want anything to do with him. But in 97, when my wife wins the Olympia, we are in California for photo shoots, and we're doing photo shoots. And miraculously, Sean shows up at the photo shoot, like out of the blue for no reason, shows up at the, show, at the photo shoot. And there's literally, like somehow even gets into the photo shoot. So there's literally a picture of him like encouraging Kim to like, you know, like how they're doing photos and they're like, go for the weight and like Kim's curling and he's like motivating her and stuff. So he literally shows up there. Now again, I don't talk with him. We don't talk about anything. We're like at no point are we talking about working, nothing. Like literally, he just shows up, which I thought was weird. Do you know the reason why, or no, I have no idea. Okay. I have literally Got no it. idea okay. why he showed up. But it would be—it seems odd that he would show up there, based off of the fact that he just told you in '96 that, like, I'm the devil, and he wouldn't have anything to do with me. When in reality, I can tell you that never happened. The whole thing was completely fabricated by Sean. Completely fabricated by Sean, and after that point, if you realize that was after the '98 Arnold. From that point, I became the devil for sure. So from that point, everything literally escalated. So once I had talked to Boyer, that seems to be the point. Because before that, there's no interaction. There's no Chad this, Chad that, blah, 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 blah. After that point, that's when everything escalated. After you told Boyer, no, no chance. No, no chance. chance. Absolutely. And, and Boyer could confirm this. He, 100%. Now, I've like, had people like talk to Boyer, and Boyer will kind of beat around the bush a little bit about it. Yeah. He will confirm that he made the phone call. He will confirm, and he will kind of act like, you know, well, Sean didn't really come out and say, like, to do it, but I was just reaching out on his behalf. I don't buy that for a second. They were buddies. Like, not for a second do I buy that. Because at this point now, we're already, like, by the time this is already being asked, Sean's already, like, bashing the hell out of me. So at, I think he realizes it's happened. He can't go back on that it happened, obviously. Um, but he has to kind of save face for Sean a little bit. Now, at this point, who's working with you? Flex is working with you. So, Who are the names that are working? So Nasser, Nasser is working with you. Yeah, so, so this is 98. Yep. So I have Nasser. I have Flex. Um, I have Ronnie. I have Paul Dillette. Those are probably the, I mean, those are the key. And those are names, by the way. Those are not like, you're, you're working the, yeah. with the main guys pretty much at the that time. I mean, the 98 Minus, Olympia. Uh, yeah, the 98 Olympia, that was the top three. Uh, it was Ronnie, Flex, and Nasser. And in the 99 Olympia, it was Ronnie, Flex, Cormier. And I had Cormier in 99. Cormier as well. Yes. Okay. In 99. It was the first year in uh, Cormier. The other part of what he says is how it led to you know, uh, 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 what happened with Nasser, how he led to what happened with the rest of the names right, that he talks absolutely. about. Okay, what's your response to what he says about so that? So there's a, there's a bunch of responses. We can, we can talk about it. But I think the biggest one 
is flex. I think that basically sets the, the tone for just how big of a liar Sean is. Like, he is a pathological liar. And anybody that's listening to this right now can go to Google and they can type in what disease was Flex Wheeler born with. And it will pull up FSGS, which is focal segmental whatever. Okay. It's a kidney disease that he was born with. Mm -hmm. Okay. He didn't find out about that until 99. Now, Sean is 100% aware of this. He's 100% aware of it. I don't recall ever in my 20 years that he's been talking shit about me, ever hearing him mention it. But he's 100% aware of what the disease is that Flex has, 100%. But he looked at you dead in the eye and basically blamed me for a disease that Flex has. Now here's the bad part of it. Flex went through a kidney transplant. He has this disease, but it's a disease that he got at birth. He still has it. So it, the kidney transplant didn't cure Flex. This is something that Flex will have to go through forever. So 15 years from now, now, and, and granted, now Flex is aware of it now, so he is very proactive. He, he is watching everything. They monitor everything. But that's not to say that in 15 years, because the disease is there destroying the kidney right now. It's there. It's destroying the kidney. And in 15 years, Flex may end up needing another kidney. Like, that's possible because of that. Now, could have bodybuilding escalated that? 100%. Okay. There's no doubt. Got it. So you're not discounting it either. Absolutely okay. not. Like, listen, if he would have chose to be a golfer, he probably would have needed a, a kidney transplant 10 years later. But he didn't. He didn't choose that. He chose to be a bodybuilder. And it doesn't matter what you know, what I did, what he did, it, did, it doesn't matter because based off of the chosen sport, it was going to escalate the problem. And I'm sure that Flex is 100% aware of that. It, it isn't because he did extreme things. It isn't because he done more than the other person or less than the other person. It's because of the sport in general. But at the end of the day, the reason he is missing a kidney or had a kidney transplant is because he was born, unfortunately, with FSGS and that's and like I said I can promise you you can google that what was he you know and it will literally be the first thing that pops up and again it's not like Sean didn't know that he's a hundred percent aware of it but if he says eh, you know he was born with a kidney transplant and this and that da, 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 that doesn't really create drama but if he uses my name and slams me then people are like oh shit like that's a whole different story but if he's been doing this all year long, there's got to be a sincere, because he, he also said something, we'll come back to the names here in a minute, and we'll go through some of the pictures that we got here. But he also- Mentioned Don Long, too. Yeah, he mentioned okay. Don Long. He mentioned all these names. Yes. So, but but the, part, the part that I want to go to is, okay. is, before we get into that, he also said Kevin Lavron was heated, and yes. he wanted to yes. take his shirt off because he was setting, he exactly. wanted to tear you a new one, right, all this right, stuff. Right. So, because there's two camps, and again, before we get into this, I want to play something on what Ronnie said about you, okay. and what Flex said about you, because the, in the all Lebron fairness- The story, at least, is, has got some partial truth to it. So there is some partial truth. There is truth a partial to truth to that, so yeah. The, okay, it so just didn't, unfortunately, play out let like me, you Let said. me play this. Let's, let's watch what Ronnie and Flex say about you. Well, how big of a role does your nutritionist play in winning? It's, had, he not, had I not had it, I wouldn't have won. That big of a role? That big of a role. Was it the same one those eight years when you won back to back yeah, to back? Same, same one. one. How much trust did you have in his feedback? 1,000% trust. I did 
every single thing he told me to do. Got it. Was he a nutritionist for multiple people or only you? Multiple people. Okay. Me, Flex. Flex is one that told me to go to him. Is this Chad you're talking about? Chad yeah. Nichols? Okay. Mm -hmm. Chad Nichols, wow. Um, not sure where I'd, where I'd be without him. Yeah. Taught me a lot. Um, in an age of gurus, um, he taught me that Flex, you know more about you than me. The only reason I can help you is if you understand your body well enough to explain it to me that I can give you advice. So, polar opposites, okay? One camp is anti-Chan. Sure, sure. One camp swears by you. Sure. That it's not, he didn't even say 100%. Right, he said 1,000%, right, right. right? One camp swears by you. One camp doesn't. He says the camp with him, because obviously when this interview went live with Sean and what he said, you know, the comments he made about sure, you, sure. you know, my, my phone from bodybuilders from all over, you can't believe this, he's right, you can't, let right. me tell you what it is, so I'm kind of like from the odds, I'm yeah. not even in the bottom, not in, <laughs> this is not my game, I'm going to complete a different game, but I'm watching right, what's happening right. with this thing, and I notice automatically, like Democrats and Republicans, right. and there's those in the middle, right. I'm just kind of staying out of there's a partially right, partially not, so... Let's first address the LeBron thing. Then we can come back okay. with what some okay. of these guys said. So the part about Kevin wanted to rip you a new one, was, was, so, it, was that partially right? No. Okay. But there, there was a confrontation. So here's what happened. So we, this is the first, this is 98. So the show is in New York. So me and Kim fly in, we get in late. So we are literally coming in at the end of the press conference. So we're literally getting ready to, or it's actually kind of the athletes meeting. It was kind of before they have like literally a press conference. It's more of a, like an athletes meeting. So they're discussing everything kind of amongst themselves and it's not really an open thing. There, there's media in there, there's people in there, but it's not like it is today. Um, and so we're walking in there and everybody's like, bro, you do not want to go in there. Like this whole thing was about you. And I'm like, what, what, do, you, what do you mean it was about me? And I'm like, like, dude, they're literally ripping you a new asshole. And I'm like, so I'm like, okay. Who's they? Who's they? So that's all they said. So okay. we don't know, we don't okay. know who it is got yet, it. right? So we walk in. Now we're uh, originally thinking like, okay, we, we, got, we know it's Sean. We know Sean's involved, but we don't know all the players yet. Um, so we get in and I'm met by Paul DeLette and Flex Wheeler. Just and to get the dates right, this is this post is, your call with Boyer. This is post. The, yes, this is after. This okay. is definitely this is after. after that yes. call. Okay, yes. go ahead. So, so we're met, we're walking in. So we just literally walk into the press conference and it's over. So everybody's kind of made it into groups. They're talking to press, their mm -hmm. stuff. We walk in and Paul Dillette and Flex beeline over to me and they're like, bro, like, I don't know what's going on, but man, this was crazy. And like, they wanted you, like your room searched and like all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I'm cool with that. They can search whatever they want. And they're like, they're talking about a black bag. Well, the black bag was actually a little fanny pack that I wore just all the time. Like back in the day, I, like I had, literally, no matter where I have, there's a picture of me, there's like a fanny pack on. Um, and I'm like, listen, they can search it right now. Like, I, I don't have a problem with that. And they're like, but yeah, so this is what all went down. And Kevin Lavrone said that you called him and literally told him he ain't got a chance in hell of placing in the Olympia without me. Okay, now I lose my shit. <laughs> now, like, I'm, like, pissed. Because up until this point, Kevin Lavrone is not even on the radar. Like, literally, not on the radar. Um, so now I'm pissed. And so I happen to just catch out of the corner of my eye Kevin Lavrone walking kind of the outskirts of the, the uh, ballroom. 
So I just literally meet him like r- immediately. And I'm like, dude, what, what the fuck is this? Like, what is this? Like, I'm hearing that, like, I called you and he's like, bro, bro, no, it was misunderstood. Like it was Wayne, it was Wayne. And I'm like, so now I think he's lying to me. Now I literally flip out, like literally flip out. And I'm like, like literally throwing F-bombs and I'm like, dude, I'll beat your ass right here. Okay. So I'm like, at this point, like I'm going. You're telling this to Kevin. Kevin LeBron. I'm going to beat his ass right there. So he's got a training partner behind him. So I'm probably... 300 pounds right here. He's got this training partner behind him who is also probably 300 pounds, right? So he steps up and he's like, what did you say? And so now I'm like screaming back and forth like, and we're literally three seconds from going. Like we're getting ready to go. Who's on your side right now? Paul Dillard and Flex are around you? Dillard and Flex are back there. Like Kim is trying to stay between us. Like I'm screaming like LeVron is right there. But through the whole time, LeVron is like, bro, this is a misunderstanding. Like this is not, you know, like I didn't say that. Like it was Wayne D'Amelia, da, 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 da. But then, you know, like the training partner steps in. So then Steve Weinberger like literally grabs me and is like, dude, you, you got to chill out. Like, and I'm like, man, I'm tired of this shit. I'm fed up with these, you know, guys running their mouth. Like, I'm going to beat their fucking ass right here. Shut the door. And uh, he's like, dude, you got to chill out. Like, this is not the place. And I'm like, all right, you're right. This is not the place, right? So and now so, do you have a relationship with them outside? Like, are you guys good? You and, and Steve? Yes, yeah, okay. me and Steve okay. are good. Yeah, okay. so that's why he grabbed me. How about Wayne, just to put it all together? Are so you, Wayne's a different story. Okay. Like, Wayne's a different story, Because Sean right? also doesn't like Wayne. Yeah, at that yeah time. Okay. they don't. But okay. at the time, they were kind of co, you know, 98, like, cahoots, 901. right? Okay. And so Big Steve grabs me. He's like, dude, you know how this is. People talk. Like, you know, he calms me down. You got to stop this shit, blah, blah, blah. It's not the time. I realize it. So literally, like, we were three seconds from just, you know, 600 pounds of stupidity, like, you know, bouncing around in the ballroom of the, you know, <laughs> Olympia press conference. Like, just an idiot, really, basically. That's what, you know. And... So at the whole weekend, though, like they literally assigned a security guard to Lavron. So Lavron's got the security guard with him, and I'm thinking like, and so I t- I tell Steve like, dude, I'm like, really? Like, like you're like, and they're like, ah, it's just for precautions. They know you're pissed and all this, and I'm like, like I was pissed like 30 minutes ago. I'm not pissed anymore. Now, what reputation do you have at this time? Do you have a, temp- a reputation of somebody that loses it? Are you feared? Not really. Are you a chill um, guy? Or are you like an underground I'm kind guy? Kind of a chill guy, but like everybody knew who my friends were. Like everybody knew who I like. They like they knew like who I ran with. So they friends, knew. as in bodybuilder friends, or friends like you had some uh, friends, uh, scary friends. friends. Yeah, friends. Okay, friends okay, got it, got it. Um, and so, but I don't think that was really. I think it was just you were connected was, in a way that they knew. Yes, yes. To not cross and you. not. Yeah, well, I don't okay. know about that. I just think that everybody was at that time like, hey, listen, you know, this is what we do, and this is what's going to happen if this is what you know if, if this goes got down. It. Okay. Now, as the weekend goes on, it becomes very apparent that Kevin LeVrone didn't have shit to do with anything. <laughs> okay, so I, that, so literally, it, it didn't have anything to do with Kevin. Like, it was literally Wayne D'Amelia and Sean Ray, like, back and forth, just stirring the pot. And it became very apparent of that right off the bat. And I literally, it, I didn't do it that weekend because obviously I stayed completely away from Kevin LeVron because obviously he was competing. The last thing I wanted to do was create a more of a, you know, bullshit drama for him. Um, but later on, I absolutely apologized to him, told him like, look, man, I totally lost my shit. Um, but that was because of Sean. Like, I literally should have never done that. 
Um, it was a wrong time, wrong place. Like it was idiotic, you know, type of thing. Um, me and Kevin shook hands. We never ever had a problem ever again from that. Like ever, I mean, ever. no. Like I get along with. with Are you in with, communication with Kevin? Now? I don't communicate with him, but I mean, I'm we're just friendly. curious to know if maybe yeah. you got a message saying, "Hey, did you see the interview? Yeah, that no, didn't happen. No, no. That has like, We happened. don't communicate back okay. and forth like that. But like when he was making a comeback, you know, I, you know, I, I reached out to him, like, dude, you know, I'd love to, you know, I can't wait to see on stage, type of thing. We were friendly with each other, no, in no way, shape, or form. When I say we're friends, but like, you know, we're friendly with each other, and I have a lot of respect for him. Um, and I and I would to this day say like that, you know, me jumping the gun, that was a hundred percent my fault. Like I just lost my shit because of all the stuff that had, you know, went on, and that's what happened. But at no point did Kevin Lavrone like rip his shirt off. Like again, like that is so like far fetched. And and literally there was twenty people around. Like there was twenty people standing around watching the whole thing. Which for Sean to say is literally delusional. Like that's the part that like is crazy. And the part that is weird. And and I was a cop for five years, and people that lie all the time, literally when they lie to their spouses or to their employers, they do it all the time, they end up blurring reality and the lie. And so they just don't understand. And because the lie is usually what rotates in their head most of the time, they don't know the truth, they don't understand the truth, they don't know where the truth is. So for him to literally come up with a story that, you know, Kevin Lavrone was like angered and he was like this madman dripping in sweat and he rips his shirt off and he's ready to fight me was literally idiotic. Like idiotic and and really like yeah I, I lost my cool and but it was actually probably closer to me and the training partner getting into it because the training partner ended up stepping forward and that was literally more of it and Steve Weinberger broke the entire thing up you know like pulled me off calmed me down sent me on my way we and, and everything was fine like it was over with that me and and again me and Kevin never had another problem after that ever when's the last time you and Sean spoke Spoke, spoke, spoke. So me and Dan Solomon done a radio podcast called Pro Bodybuilding okay. Weekly, and I believe he was on there. This is how long ago? This has been eight years ago, probably. Oh, eight years ago. That's yeah. a while back. Yeah, it's been a That's long a while time. Okay, so oh, me and Sean like haven't talked any time soon. Outside of that eight years, have you had any kind of a interaction, any dinner or lunch, nothing? Zero. No, no. Nothing. Nothing. And as public, people know you and Sean are on different camps. Absolutely. So, okay. Yeah, so, 100%. So let me ask you a question. Who else would agree? Because yesterday I was reading some of the posts and people were tagging me. And I saw what uh, a couple people posted. Samir posted what yeah. Sean said and all these guys. And I was kind of being yeah, tagged. Yeah, me the Samir one too. So yeah, so I'm getting, I'm getting all this stuff. And I'm, again, I'm reading. I'm like, okay, good. Okay, this person's saying this. And there was a lot of people involved. Well, a Bob ton. even yeah. got involved. Yeah. Chikor, you know, some some right. people got right. involved. So their camp, if they're saying that, was there anybody that was worried about you getting close to the other guys? Like there was a story about they were trying to get everybody to be tested that year because it was the yeah. open. Is there truth behind that part? Where they were, I mean, they were absolutely trying to get it tested. Yeah, they so were trying to get the guys in your camp tested. They. They wanted the whole show tested, I believe, because they were under the impression that my guys had an unfair advantage. So that's where like the plasma expander stuff stories, you know, mm -hmm. became. And so they wanted um, they they basically wanted a blood test for plasma expanders because they thought that would even the playing field. And the funny story of that is 
So Wayne D'Amelio calls me like before the Olympia and is talking to me. And he says, listen, um, we're going to test, we're going to blood test at the, at the Olympia. And I'm like, it's the, all right. And they're like, we're going to blood test for plasma expanders. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, you know, so I just wanted to let you know. And I'm like, listen, you, you realize that none of my guys are using plasma expanders. I go, I said, if you knew anything about plasma expanders, you would realize that to use them, you actually need a diuretic. So a plasma expander will pull water into the blood, but you still have to be able to get rid of the water. So I said, what you need to do is there's five diuretics that you realize aren't on the diuretic list, right? I said, if you're going to test for the plasma expanders and you literally want to make this 100%, add the five diuretics. And he's like, well, we're comfortable with the diuretic test. We're just concerned about the plasma expanders. Now, the five diuretics that were very common off the diuretic test was clearly what everybody was going to use. Nobody needed plasma expanders because there was already diuretics that was available to them that wasn't going to be tested. So the whole thing the whole staged, like, check his bag and all of this kind of stuff was idiotic because in reality, Wayne D'Amelio knew that there was tests, that there was diuretics off the test to begin with. Not only did he know, he literally told certain athletes like, hey, listen, most of the athletes are using this diuretic because it's not on the list. Like, it was very well known. Very well known. Very well known. So why is he calling you though? Is, so what, again, what, was I, it, was it, is, is that the world where everyone knows who the, you know, the, the Chad Nichols is? Because there's names of them out there that people use. Are sure. There's, you know, the names sure. that are, okay. Are they very close in communication with folks like when, Wayne, where it's like, hey, here's what we're looking at this year or no? That was a one-off thing that happened. It was, well, I mean, it was when, the, you know, the, the whole diuretic thing took place. But I think that what ended up happening was, my athletes literally changed the sport. Like, they looked different. Like, they were in better shape, they were drier, they were more conditioned, and literally the people were like, well, obviously if that's the way they look, there has to be something. He has to have something that is clearly not available to everybody else. Like, and that's, I believe, what you know, and so I don't necessarily know they ever had planned on diuret, you know, I mean, uh, blood testing because it would be just a monumental, you know, undertaking. I think the whole thing was they were trying to be like, well, maybe he does have something, so we're going to scare the shit out of him and out of like, him, out of me. Okay, yeah. Um, and so, well, you know, is he? Am I going to be this? Am I going to be that? But in reality, there never was anything. There whatever, never was. Hap whatever happened to you? No. Were, were they able, ever able to do anything Nothing. to you or no? Nothing. Can you go to, do you go to Mastro Olympia every year? Every, every year. year. Every yeah. year you're there. Absolutely. And how are you treated when you go there? But just like normal. Normal guy that's Absolutely. There. No yeah. one's giving you a hard time, any of that stuff. No. Okay. So are there any other people that have bad relationships with you at the level of Sean or no? I don't think so. Not that, not that people know the marketplace. No. I, mean, don't, I mean, there's, there's no doubt. I think that even, you know, when you come out with this, like, listen, I could, I could give you every possible scenario of why Sean lied. But at the end of the day, there's going to be people that like me and they will believe me. And there's going to be people that like Sean and they will believe him. But at the end of it all, 
Sean is literally the one that had the biggest hard on for me. And yeah. it was very obvious why he did because like he said, he just like he said in 96, you know, I didn't I didn't need anybody's help because I placed second to Dorian Yates. Actually placed third, but Nasser flunked the diuretic mm. test, which then moved him into second place and like you know, he was like I, I you know, this is this is, you know, who I am type of thing, but unfortunately, he never placed in the top three ever again, ever. And my guys beat him from that point on, like without a doubt. And the more angry he got, the more driven I became. And the more like, like I mean, there was a point where potentially I would have probably worked with every one of his competitors for free, just <laughs> to bury him. Let, let me ask you a different question. Here's a question for you. Say he did work with you. Let's just say he yeah. does. Let's just say we got your story, his story. Everybody's right, right, going to hear on both right, sides. Right, right. Let's just say, you know, somebody came in and says, listen, let's just try to make this work. Let's just say you did. Would he have had a chance to win at all? No. No chance. That's a, that's a strong statement because he's been second. He's been top five. 30 competitions, you know, he's beaten everybody outside of Haney and Yates. You're saying there's no way, even if you work with him, that he could win the whole thing? No chance. Why is that? Well, here's the thing. So during the time frame that I would have came in from 97 on, yeah. Flex Wheeler is also in the mix and Ronnie Coleman is in the mix. And I can tell you that Sean Ray at 100% doesn't beat e either one of those guys at 90%. No chance. And is he, is he a good bodybuilder? Look, I think he's a piece of shit person. I'm not going to deny that he was a good bodybuilder. Like, ever. Like, of course he was a good bodybuilder. But was he a Flex Wheeler bodybuilder? No, he wasn't a Flex Wheeler bodybuilder. He didn't have the genetics of Flex Wheeler. He didn't have anything close to that. Was he close to Ronnie Coleman? Look, nobody's close to Ronnie Coleman at 100%. Nobody. I don't care what anybody says. They can idolize whoever they want. Ronnie... If you look at Ronnie in 2003, we may never see that again, ever. Like, I mean, if we do, it'll be an amazing sight. But he was that far ahead of everybody, that far ahead. So if you work with you, again, let me take this back. I know you weren't in 94, no. 96, but the two years where he got, he was right behind Yates. Yates. If you did, could he have won it all with Yates? Maybe not Ronnie, maybe not Flex, how about against Yates? It's close. You're still saying it's close? It's close. Not 100%. Not 100%. Okay. Yeah. So even with a injured Yates, he would have still... An injured weight, uh, an injured Yates, yes. He would have won. He possibly okay. wins. Fair yeah. enough. So yeah. I, the only reason I'm asking this question is because, you, you know, sometimes when somebody... Obviously, you said, you know, how you feel about him as an right, individual, right. but as a bodybuilder, this is what it is. It's still credit to you to be able to say that if he no, had it, he could have won the whole look, thing. He's still look, somebody that... At the end of the day, like, Yates was injured. I thought, I thought Nasser beat him. I thought Nasser beat mm -hmm. him. There's numerous guys that, you know, like, Flex Wheeler at 100% on that given day beats him. Like, he, you know, Dorian was very vulnerable that year. Like, he wasn't, you know, the Dorian of, you know, the, the years that he was so dominant. Like, he was a very vulnerable athlete what on year, stage. What, 98? 90... 
97. Okay. So 97, he, he was a vulnerable. He had had the injury. He wasn't in good shape. He had trouble controlling his midsection. Like, it, it, it was a train wreck for him. But he, he luckily pulled it off, you know. And, and it's probably still, to this day, it's probably one of the most controversial, you know, wins. Um, he's, you know, he's got dominant body parts, but when you, po you know, you go pose for pose, it's a tough... It, it's tough to get to the point where you can justify him winning. And don't get me wrong, I'm a Dorian Yates fan. Like, I love everything about him. Everything, his work ethic, his, like, I love all of that, you know. But just on that given year, he just wasn't his best. Yeah. So, okay, so now let's talk about the other part. So, what, what made you so different than everybody else's camp? Everybody has access to certain things, but Everybody, what was so yeah. different with you? I, I think the difference is, so you're exactly right. Everybody has access to the same thing. Everybody there, does. Everybody. Okay. So there isn't like a magic potion out here that all of a sudden this camp has. Like, you know, I mean, it doesn't matter. Like, you've heard all the stories about Kuwait. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, you know, like, yeah, all that. Yeah. Like, oh, shit, like, you know, that. They had the anabolic chicken and everything. But at the end of the day, they have access to exactly the same things that everybody else has. That's not what a lot to. of people say, though. A lot of people say that our stuff is better than, you know, Europe or Australia or you got. I do, uh, actually, I disagree. Like, I think our knowledge may be a little ahead. I think as far as like the science behind mm -hmm. everything, mm -hmm. but what they have access to, like as far as supplementation. I got it. So it's all the same. So it's so, all the same. Okay. So what is the differentiator? How you piece it together? How you put Without it together? A doubt. So I think the difference is. A couple things. One, you have to be able to motivate these guys and you have to be able to click with them. So that's why, like, listen, I didn't take on every athlete that wanted to work with me because there was athletes that I knew that we were just not going to click. Not that I disliked them, not that I thought there was anything bad about them. I just knew, like, we weren't going to be a good working relationship. I think that the key is that. The other key is I think most nutritionists have one way of thinking. They have one way of doing everything. So, Keto diet is very, you know, very popular right now. There's a lot of trainers that swear by a keto diet, but it is virtually impossible to think that every bodybuilder that gets ready for a show is going to be 100% on a keto diet. It's impossible. But most trainers think that way. They're, they only have one process. That's it. it. You know, if it's high carb or if it's whatever it is, that's the process. That's what they try to apply to everyone. And they try to force that bodybuilder to with, you know, come within that guideline. I never thought that way, ever. I didn't think that way on nutrition. I didn't think that way on training. I felt like everything had to be individualized. I felt like it had to be something, one, that they could do. So Flex, perfect example. I knew that he wasn't going to be a guy that was going to be just, you know, regimented and, and like this like nitpicky guy that's going to be able to eat X amount of this. So you're way going out based on personality as well. Personality, like, and, and a lot of that was how I literally was able to get from point A to point B so successfully. Because with each person, you have to manage that. And, you know, eventually you end up with a guy like Ronnie Coleman who is just a machine. And, you know, I remember the first time, like, we, we did stuff together and he won the Olympia. And it's funny, like the whole time I was, I was telling guys like, man, Ronnie Coleman looks crazy. And they're like, ah, third place best. You know, they're, they literally didn't think, you know, until they saw him. And then after the thing, and I've, I've told this story before, I said, you know, Ronnie, just for my personal, you know, and because and, I've dealt with all these guys, just for my personal use as far as like what happened, how many times do you think you cheated on your diet? This was at the banquet. 
And he looked like, at me like I was nuts. And he's like, it, it never even crossed my mind. And I was like, and I knew at that point, like, oh, this is going to be nuts. Like, this guy is a different human being. But you, had, you couldn't take that way of thinking with, with a flex wheeler. Or okay. like Chris Cormier. Like, listen, like Chris Cormier was like, I always called it like the chaos factor. Because if everything was going good for Chris, we were in big trouble. Like, that was not going to work for Chris. Chris had to be kind of around this process of people and things and stuff. But there had to be a controlled like point that we had to get done. Like I knew that if he wasn't busy <laughs> like doing stuff, he was going to literally be sitting at home playing PlayStation eating Captain Crunch. Like I knew that's what he was going to do. Okay? <laughs> so there had to be a process with that. That's not a bad thing on Chris. It's that's just how just he is. How he is. Yeah. Okay? Most people could not figure that out. They couldn't micromanage all of those things or what, however you want to put that together. They just couldn't do it. They forced them to go keto because this is my process and this is how it works and this is how I do everybody and this is how you have to do it. That's how I think I was so successful. Like, and it, I did the same thing with training. Some people, like, look, I wasn't going to be able to have, you know, Flex Wheeler trained the way Ronnie Coleman did. How many of these guys you trained as well? Okay, a lot of them trained most, like, did a lot of their stuff on their own. But I would, like, gear, like, like, you know, push them in certain directions. So if they were doing a certain thing. Now, a lot of things, like, where Flex had Charles Glass. But, again, we would communicate because I would want to know what Charles Glass was doing because what Charles Glass was doing, it depended on what his diet was doing. So, it, you know, like, listen, if they all of a sudden are going high volume, I can't do certain things with his diet because they're going heavyweight and high volume. How often were you talking to Charles? I class? didn't talk to Charles a lot, but I communicated more with Flex, like, oh, okay. this is okay. the direction we're going this week, and this is the things that we're doing. Now, me and, me and Charles, you know, would communicate a little bit, yeah. but it was mostly through, through the athletes Got and it. stuff. But it, the same with Chris. Like, I knew Chris, you know, when he built the physique that he built, mm -hmm. he built it off of hard work. So even though, like, Chris may not have been the, the best dieter, like, you know, as far as things, and, and he would, you know, sometimes, you know, be out late at night and partying and doing the things that Chris did, he still was a hard worker in the gym. He pushed a lot of heavy weight. That's how he built that physique. And so, you know, I had to make sure that, like, look, that's what we got to do, you know, when it comes, you know, contest time. Like, we've got to, you know, go those directions and stuff. And, I mean, that was part of the, the success. Like, I didn't ever... I never tried to adapt them to me. I always tried to adapt to them and apply. And you what? don't think most people do it that way? I don't think anybody world. does it. Okay, hardly. so let me ask you this other question. How much of it is uh, genetics? How much of it is training? How much of it is diet? How much of it is drugs? So it's the biggest issue is food. So I, I'm telling you, that's, that's number one. That's number one. So food is without a doubt number one. And when you say food, what do you mean by food? I mean being consistent, and that doesn't mean that doesn't mean uh, off season or contest. That's across the board. So if you are in the off season and you're not consistent with food, if you're not continuously pushing food, and it's probably every it's probably the majority of athletes' downfall because they get to off season and they're like, eh, it's off season. Like I don't I don't have to eat six meals a day. I don't have to quite do If I don't feel like eating, I'll just skip a meal and I'll go grab some fast food and, and these things. It's probably the biggest downfall. It's hard to eat six, seven, eight meals a day with high calories so that your body is literally in a, a calorie surplus all the time every single day. 
It's hard to do. It's probably how I end up weaning out more athletes than, than not because they'll be like, I can eat all day. I'll, I'll never have a problem. And five days later, like, mm-hmm. oh, there's no way I can eat all this food. It's just tough. Most people don't realize it. That's first, though, without a doubt. Hard work and training is second. So second, without a doubt, is training. So you have to be able to push yourself. You have to be able to put in work. And again, consistency. You have to be able to figure out what works for you. You have to be able to go in every single day and push beyond really what the body is capable of. Push, push, push mentally. Third is probably drugs. Is it, it, it would be ludicrous to say that it's not part of it because at the highest level, it is part of it. But it's definitely after food and training. And then after that is probably, genetics is going to fall in between probably training and drugs, actually. So you don't think genetics is more important than food? No. R- you, really? No, I don't. Can I, I ask you a question on that sure. and challenge it? Yeah. So here's a question for you. You competed, Yeah. right? Okay. You, you, when you competed, uh, you, you know this stuff. So you could have applied it for yourself to go to the top, right? Absolutely. And, I'm, and on, the only reason I'm asking this is because some guys, you know, like uh, I'm six four and a half. Right. The chances of me going out there, the tallest guy that ever wanted, you know who it is, right. it's Arnold. So right. you, don't you think like there's a sweet spot there for is the a genetics spot. to cut? Because you look at no Phil, doubt. you look at some of these oh, guys. without a doubt. You, without a doubt. Like with me, like. I'm talking I, to win. I'm not absolutely. talking about to compete. Yes. Yeah. To win for sure. Now okay, that's a to whole win, different Okay, genetics game. is first. With it's definitely at the top of the of the game okay, because when you're because when you're talking tiny tiny percentages like you're talking like because when you look at the you know you could look at the top group right now the, so the top three at the Olympia was Brandon you you had Boanac and you had Chopin. Hottie yeah. okay so all three of those guys are phenomenal phenomenal bodybuilders but in reality none of them have the genetics of Phil Heath none of them. Which is why if Phil Heath is in that group, he is a superior athlete, without a doubt. But when you look at all three of those, they all three have phenomenal genetics. Mm -hmm. So there's no way you can say, like, Brandon Curry has bad genetics. Uh, William Bowenak has bad genetics. They all have, at the top, top of the genetic field. But there is always going to be that outlying guy that is a Phil Heath and a Flex Wheeler that is just God-given. That there's no hard work, that there's no... That there is or that there isn't? That, well, there's nothing that can match that. Oh, uh, okay, I got yeah. it. So, there, listen, there's, like, Flex Wheeler, yeah. I don't care how hard you work, I don't care how many things you take, I don't care who you have working You're with You're not going to look like the guy. You're never going to look yeah. like Flex Wheeler. Yeah. Ever. Yeah, ever. Now, Flex Wheeler was beat, by hard work. There yeah. was guys that outworked him, you know, but that wasn't because of, you know, they were better than Flex. That was just because Flex let him, let him get him, you know. You mind educating our audience on anabolic steroids? Is that okay if we do that? Yeah, we Let's talk about it. that. Okay, so we've had people that have been on and they've talked about, you know, Dorian will talk openly. He doesn't really, I mean, Dorian literally could care less what You're people right, talk right. about. He'll talk about psychedelics. He'll talk about right. what he's, <laughs> no, yeah, he's yeah. just a whole different right, type right. of guy when he talks about it. But uh, uh, for me, you know, when it comes down to this topic, I think most people are uneducated on it. Most people don't know. First thing they hear about it, they automatically, there's a red flag. Without a doubt. And, and there's a misunderstanding on it. So when it comes down to steroids, when it comes down to steroids, 
how do you view anabolic steroids yourself? And then we'll go at topics of what each one is and why some people use it. Right. I think that steroids is one of those things that gets, well, especially now, okay? Now it gets a bad rap because of all the social media. So the stuff that's out there on social media is crazy. And I think that there is so much bad information. There's so much, like, negative put toward it because of all the craziness that uh, goes with it, right? Yeah. But if you look at every sport, I mean, you, you know, the Olympics is coming up, and we're going to see athlete after athlete after athlete fail drug tests. There's, there's no doubt. And it's beneficial across the board, obviously, or people wouldn't use it. Now, you know, we're not talking about swimmers dying. We're not talking about this because I think they use it in a term just to benefit, just to enhance, just to do those things. Um, and it's been around for years. So if you, even if you look at the backstory, you know, Russia created testosterone, literally, and basically for the Olympics. I mean, it was literally created for the Olympics. That's what it was. Then our scientist was like, hey, listen, Russia has testosterone. Well, we need something now, but we need something easier and faster. So they created Dianabol. So now our people had Dianabol, and the original Dianabol was very fast. It was an oral pill, and, you know, the athletes obviously used it, and then all of a sudden it was banned, obviously. But it was a, that's, I mean, the whole basis, if you look back that far, it was literally created from the Olympics. Like, that's literally what it was researched mm -hmm. for and created. So I think that when you look at it, bodybuilding is going to get a bad rap because, look, we're, you know, when you look at a swimmer, a swimmer isn't 300 pounds, right? There is some baseball players and football players, but they don't look like bodybuilders. But when you're talking about a muscle-enhancing drug and the sport is muscle, bodybuilding is for sure going to get the biggest rap on it because they're going to be like, these guys are abusing it. They're not just taking it to enhance. They're, they're abusing it. And in reality, there probably is some people that are doing that. But I believe that the majority of people that take it don't abuse it. I think that the majority of the people that are on the pro level, that are literally at, you know, at the highest level of this sport, are all pretty damn close. I don't think they're doing anything more or less. I think they are all pretty damn close of where, of where they're at. And pretty it, damn and close of where they're at. Yeah. Okay. And, and I mean, and that doesn't mean, and that's not um, pointing the finger at whoever they're working with. They could be in Kuwait. They could be training with somebody over here. They could be wherever. I believe that nobody is that far outside the, the thing. Okay. I may be wrong on that, but I, that's the way I feel. I mean, I hear, I hear different yeah. things, but again, I, I'm just trying to kind of get educated on this with you here. And by the way, for full disclosure, you are not a doctor. I am absolutely not, not a doctor. doctor. So, so this no is just chance. something you've yes. been around and you've read absolutely. up on and you've experienced absolutely. with. So, okay, so uh, why would somebody use uh, these two drugs? Now, obviously, you got clenbuterol up here. And uh, you know what the top one is. LASIK. So clenbuterol is basically a drug used for conditioning. So yep. most people use that to get in shape. So it's used, um, it, it has actually a relatively long half-life, so most people don't use it for extended periods of time. Um, they will use it for a little bit of time. I believe the half-life is 36 hours or something, which is, in, in, you know, that type of thing is actually relatively long. Um, so they'll use it a couple days and usually go off of it for a couple days. But it's basically to burn fat. Now, Lasix is a different one. That's a loop diuretic, and it's not used, obviously, for contest prep. It's used at the end for 
basically finishing the look on stage. It's probably, in my opinion, one of the least used drugs in the sport because most people don't realize the, how dangerous the product is because the drug was actually named Lay 6 because it's actually a six-hour diuretic. But if you look at it and you read it, the half-life is very short on it. So most people who have gotten in trouble back in, when you've seen guys mm -hmm, that actually mm -hmm. got in trouble with it was from this drug. They got in trouble with it because they would take it and two hours later, like they still were holding water. So they would take a little more of it and two hours later, they were still holding a little water. So they would take a little more of it. Got now it. they have literally 12 hours basically or more of Lasix pulling, pulling them down, pulling them down, pulling them down. Um, and so because of that, I believe most people have went away from Lasix just for the simple fact that it's, it's relatively dangerous and it's relatively hard to predict on what it's gonna do. It's not fast enough to use. And so because of that, which is a good thing, I don't think people are using it that much. People are not using it. I don't think so. Now, clenbuterol, the, the, the question that I got for you is a lot of these things are not necessarily for bodybuilding, but bodybuilders use a clenbuterol as an asthma it's medication. It's an asthma medication, right? so, absolutely. Yeah, they use it that, they, I mean, and they also use it, um, there's a product called Ventilum, which is also a clenbuterol, which is a gel pump that they actually literally pump into cattle feed to, to like create bigger, leaner cows. <laughs> Very interesting. So, so this yes. is used for what bodybuilders use or no? What's this? They use, the, I mean, Lasix has been around for years. Like I said, it's a loop diuretic. I don't think it's being used very much anymore okay. because I think the guys that, that literally got in trouble with diuretics, I think they got in trouble with it uh, from using Lasix because they didn't <laughs> understand the diuretic itself. What's the side effect of clenbuterol? Any? realistically no side effects. I mean, there is obviously some side effects, but very, very safe at low dose. Is that, is that similar to, would you put uh, the, the side effects of an ephedrine compared to very, a clenbuterol? Like, like clenbuterol and the old like ephedrine, uh, like the E. Uh, Back uh, in the days, stacks, the ripped right, fuel yeah, stacks, yes, yes. all that stuff, yeah. Very, very similar. Similar very to that. Very similar Okay, to that, yes. all right, sounds good. Not let's the go. same drug, obviously. But, I know it's but not, they're, absolutely they're, it's not. Yeah. Okay, so let's go through these. Now, these are obviously some of the famous ones that you see and hear about all the time. Uh, what are they used for and what are the side effects and benefits of each? Okay, so testosterone, obviously everybody knows. That's, you know. Sipinate, yes. Sipinate, there's yeah. sipinate and nanthate. These are slow-acting esters. So basically, when you're talking testosterone, you're talking about building up a baseline. Now, a bodybuilder, what they're looking at doing, obviously, is creating a stable baseline. So again, most people take testosterone because they don't understand it. So they just keep taking, 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 taking you have to realize how it comes in and out of the system. So realistically, the key is basically just hitting a baseline and keeping it there because it's gonna be based off of the level of testosterone within your body. This is out in about 72 hours. So from the time you take it to the time it's out, it's going to start decreasing in about 72 hours. So it literally could be taken realistically only twice a week and maintain a stable testosterone level, which is why most people that are on like, um, you know, like pro-hormone, like uh, therapy, TRT. yes, yes, yeah. and, and stuff like that when they reach 50 and those types of things, will go to a slow-acting testosterone like sipinate and enanthate, and at a very low dose, you know, it is very, very safe. And actually probably not only safe, but better for you because as the natural male's testosterone drops, the body actually tries to counter that. 
and literally then everything else starts to go out of balance. But as long as your natural testosterone level stays in line where it normally is, especially on a male, that you just function better at that point. So it's probably safer to have a, a normal testosterone What's a level. Normal level? Normal level, perfect thousand. And most athletes that have been an athlete all their life function somewhere like at that thousand range. Now, a non-athlete, just somebody that's going in there, you know, whose level probably tested out at 200 will probably feel amazing at 700. At 700. Yeah. When you say amazing, what do you mean by amazing? Like just revitalize, like, you know, just feel like, you know, normal again. Normal again. Normal. Okay. Yeah. How about the rest? Trimbalone acetate. So that's a fast acting drug. Most people take that. I, I say, it's actually kind of made a surgence because most people took that pre-contest. It was something that added hardness to the muscle, but it is something that it's probably right now the most abused drug in the sport. This is? That right there, yes, because of what it does. So it makes you strong, it makes you aggressive. It, it, it's the one drug that's probably the single most abused drug in the sport. It, it crossed the board, like it, I don't care what sport it is. It could be powerlifting. It's probably across the board. Across the so board. So you were saying professional athletes are using this across the board? Yeah, without a doubt. And it's fast acting, so it's in and out of the system relatively quick. So you can use it. You Is it water-based or oil-based? It's oil-based. Okay. Yeah. And, and it's fast out of your system? It's very fast in and out of the system. So, but it's also, now there's other ones, so, but this is acetate. So that's a faster acting one. Um, but it, like I said, like it was originally, there was a drug called Phenoject, which is back in the day, which is very similar to it. But this product is, was, you know, used, you know, back in the day when people were doing things like normal, it was used, you know, last eight weeks. And now it's probably used almost all year. I, I guarantee you there's guys that use it all year. Guaranteed. What, what are the side effects of this? That one could be anything, like blood pressure is going to be a major issue with Trin. That's going to be, you're going to run into liver and kidney issues with that. Like th that's going to be a harsh drug. Could that kill like, you? It could, it, I mean, most steroids aren't going to like kill you like, um, like an opiate would kill you, but there's no doubt that long-term effect of that could that eat could away of your, your kidney. kidney, liver, stomach. It could eat away everything. Like it could destroy your body high at a high dose. And that's the problem with that. Like... That drug is probably more abused than any other drug on the sp in, in, in the sport, and it's, it's abused at high levels. Because when you say high, what do you mean by high? Like, I mean, well, for instance, I would say that people probably, so 75 milligrams is what that is. Mm -hmm. I would say they took that three times a week back in the day. So back in the day, back in the 80s day. or 90s? Back in the 90s. Okay. So that would be, you know, what, 225? Mm -hmm. no. I would say they're doing that every day now 225 a day a day possibly you mean the guys on stage i would say and actually here's the thing that's probably more amateurs than pros so the amateurs are probably abusing all of this stuff way beyond what the pros are because again the pros have phenomenal genetics they have people helping them like i can tell you like i don't care how many people like you can throw every nutritionist under you know under the the bus there isn't anybody gonna like prescribe this like recommend this for you know, high doses just year-round, like nobody. But there are some, like, gym guys out there that will be, because when you take that, you feel phenomenal. So the more of that shit you take, the more you feel phenomenal. You start getting strong. Next thing you know, you're benching 500 pounds. You're, you know, you've gained 30 pounds. Your muscle looks hard. And you're like, holy shit, if 200 is as good as this, just think what 1,000 is on this. 
And that's the problem with mm. a lot of the Got way it. people think. How about, how about the... Masterone, yep. it's like, Masterone phenylpropanate is you know, something that's taken the last five weeks of the show. It's, it's a hardening drug mainly to add basically hardness to the skin. It's literally taken for no more than five weeks. No more than five weeks. No. How, how different is that than primobolin? Um, it's a similar drug than primobolin. There's two different kinds of primobolin too. So it would be, the effect of it would be very similar to like the old parabolin or primobolin acetate. Primobolin depo is a, is a slower acting drug, which some people do take um, in pre-contest, but most people use that. I don't even know if they, it's even made anymore, but uh, it's, it's a little bit different. How about uh, DECA? I mean, you, everybody, for somebody that doesn't know about stories, they, they've heard of DECA DECA before, right? yeah. is like, like the original, right? It's like what Arnold and the boys used. It's probably, it, it's, it's something that I actually don't like. Um, I, I'm not big on it. A lot of people like it because they think it, it helps their um, uh, joints, think that it makes their joints feel. I think the side effects of that is, it, it's not like harsh side effects, but it's very slow acting. It literally just shuts the body down, like your sex drive literally drops to nothing. Once like, you're off of yeah, it. Yeah, once you're on it. Like, when you're on yes, it? Yes, yes. You gotta take so many different things just to keep your body balanced back out. Like Deca to me is like one of the worst things. It's a safe drug as far as like side effects to the body, but the way you feel on it, like most people that's ever taken it will tell you instantly, like, I hate the way I, I feel on it. I that's, hate the way I, I feel yeah, on absolutely. it. Absolutely, yeah. And I, and I think because of that, and, then, and here we come back to this, so back in the day, that's what they would use. They would take a little bit of testosterone, a little bit of Deca. If you talk to the old mm -hmm. guys, that's mm -hmm. what they'll tell you, yep. right? They'll tell you, like even back in Arnold's day, that's what we took, right? Now, like they don't go to that. Like they're like, At listen, all? I feel like shit on that, At but all. I can take trend and feel crazy. I'll stick with the trend, but it's it's a much harsher, harsher on your thing. body. And we're being pretty open here. So, yeah, no, that's like, what we're, I'm asking. We're, we're like laying how, it out there. How that's about equipoise? it. Equipoise is actually very similar um, to like Deca. It's a, it's almost. They're different drugs, but the makeup, the, the way they respond in the body, almost identical. I like that one though, because it doesn't have a lot of the, like, you know, sex side effects and type of thing, like decreased, you know, that. How, um, so how, would, how would steroids decrease sex it'll, side effects? You'd be surprised. So it just literally lowers your libido. It, there's, a, there's so many effects that it has like on it, but the equipoise doesn't. So people will have a tendency to stay away from DECA and go to EQ. But it's also a slower acting drug. So DECA is really slower acting. And most people don't use DECA because uh, it can be detected for so long. So that's why they stay away from it. Here we go. So this is the next topic, H HGH and insulin. And insulin. Yep. So this is where the sport changed, obviously, from like a certain point. 96, 90s and, and stuff, yes. Okay. And so... The growth hormone had always been around, and I think people were using it, but what they didn't realize is how the effect of the two worked together simultaneously. And basically, the, the insulin, and, it, and the insulin kind of had, like when it first came out, I think they, the people overdid it. You know, honestly, I, I do. And I think, like, you know, me and even a couple other, you know, people were kind of the first ones that was like, listen, if you take the insulin every single day, it stops working. Like literally, and you know, there was people I was like, listen, you know, how long have you taken that? And they'd be like, oh, I've, you know, I've been doing it now for three months. And I'm like, how much are you taking? They're like uh, 15 units a day. I'm like, I'll tell you what, take the 15 units and don't eat. Don't eat any carbs. I'm like, holy shit, I'll crash. And I'm like, I'm telling you, you won't. 
you won't crash. And they would call me back and they'd be like, holy shit, like I took the 15 units and I didn't crash. I'm like, exactly, because your body now is used to it. Like your body is literally limiting what the natural production is. And so I think a lot of people, the nutritionists like that knew what they were doing literally kind of curtailed that a little bit and took a lot of the people away. Now I say that I've seen like some like really crazy like resurgence of insulin over the last like six months. So, but up until this point, it has been very, very limited. It was used very like once or twice a week. It was used maybe a couple times after training, you know, a week or something like that, just to make sure that everything was completely loaded, um, completely, you know, like the body was functioning at a hundred percent, but they weren't like abusing it, trying to force glycogen nonstop, basically trying to upload everything. Um, they weren't, but now there has been a little bit of an, uh, like, like the protocols that are out there that seem to be floating around are bad right now. They're like really bad. What's the biggest difference between the side effects of HGH and insulin versus steroids, anabolics? The totally two separate, you know, things. I mean, obviously steroids are all based, really based off of testosterone and, and those types of, of things where growth hormone is, is basically based off your growth hormone levels and, and insulin is obviously, you know, based off of insulin levels. So they all have a different functioning purpose within the body. Now, obviously all three together are a very powerful combination. combination. And, and realistically, maybe one of the most powerful ones is insulin. As when you're looking at, you know, the hormone mega, it could be the most powerful hormone within the body, but it doesn't do legitimately what you think it's going to do. And I think a lot of people, when they first were, was introduced to it, they thought like, holy shit, I'm gonna do all of these things and I'm gonna look like Nasser El Sambadi or I'm gonna look like and Jay that's Cutler. Not gonna no, it's not gonna happen. Like they can take insulin all day long. Most, most of the people that I see that take high doses of insulin just get fat. Just get fat. They just get fat, yeah. You hear about these. Your thoughts on this. So I hate this stuff. Like all of the synthol and um, this stuff, there are some people, I, I think most people hate it. Like I can tell you it's the one thing that I hate within the sport. Um, I can honestly say like I've never, ever, like, you know, like encouraged an athlete of mine to take it. I've had two athletes of mine use it and it was literally kind of against my you know that I, I don't like it i think that it is one of those things that we literally have no idea what it is and everybody's like you know it's you know you put it in the muscle it stays in the muscle there's no chance it can stay in the muscle i don't care how much of it you pump into the muscle there's no chance it has to end up somewhere and those places have to be brain lung heart so a percentage of that has to come out of the muscle. It, the way it basically like hardens, if it doesn't clear out of the system, it's gonna end up there. It's mm. gonna end up almost like um, cholesterol. Like, so if you've seen an artery that is filled with cholesterol, my thinking is how is this not binding to it? How is this not binding to cholesterol? And a lot of people think I'm nuts. You know, I know Dave Palumbo is a big, very, you know, like he's very proactive on this and, and but he sells it also too. And it's, it's not illegal in any way, shape or form, but I'm just one of these guys that thinks that it is not a positive for our sport. Could this kill you? I think 100% okay. it can kill you. Is like there, is there stories of that happening or no? You know, I mean. In the world of bodybuilding. They're, they're, 
Not necessarily. I okay. mean, there's a lot of stories where people have had trouble with it. I know of um, a guy that literally had open heart surgery from Chicago that took it, and when they opened him up, he, they literally had that shit everywhere. Like it was everywhere. Um, so they're, you know. Why is it so popular? Why are people like. Is it is it to to get it without doing the work? I mean, even some of your guys that did it, they're well-known bodybuilders. They sure, use some of this sure. Stuff. There's so, a lot of. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, I think a lot of people have done it. I think a lot of well-known people have done it. Mr. Olympia I, says they frown upon it, but they know some people are using it, they but are. they don't disqualify or do anything with Here's it. Here's the it's, thing. I think that the key is there has been, you know, like there has been some guys that have done it that you either couldn't tell or at least it looked really well. They did it really, really well. Um, I think those are far a few between. Okay. I, I think that there's very few guys that can do it. And that. last but not least, this is simple. This is, you, you, obviously you know what this is. So those are all like estrogen blockers. Those are probably two of the most common ones. There's another one that probably everybody uses, which is aromasin, um, which is a, a, another one, but it's very expensive. These are obviously used because as you take more and more testosterone, your estrogen level will then start to crank up. Obviously, you need a certain balance of estrogen um, within, you do need a certain You balance. do. So you don't want to limit all of your estrogen within the body, but you want to keep it at under control. So what ends up happening is the higher estrogen levels you end up with, and everybody's sort of like the gyno and those mm -hmm. types of things. So is those are Novadex the is in the same family, right? So Novadex is the same in the same family. Okay. Um, and Novadex is tricky because Novadex, you, if you take that for an extended period of time, that will actually decrease your estrogen, but it will also decrease your growth hormone level. So you have to kind of counter some of those things in two. Most people that take estrogen blockers will take those for short periods of time, and Novadex, literally nobody takes it, at least to my knowledge, for any longer than five weeks. Nobody takes it for longer than five weeks? No. Okay. No. And is that off coming off a cycle, like you're, you're getting off I of it? I think the... It depends. Like they can use it coming off a of cycle, but I think a lot of people will use it like mid cycle or you know whatever, even in the off season, just to control estrogen levels. Because obviously, you know, you don't want high estrogen levels. Could create a lot of serious issues with the within the body. The gyno is like the extreme, but just even like having a high level of estrogen, like you can tell like the way the skin looks, like yellow the way the, or it, yeah. well, and just even like how much water you hold. Oh, I see what you're saying. Stuff yeah. too. So. so so let me ask you this. Uh, uh, somebody who has no desire to compete, they're not going to be a bodybuilder. They're just a tw 29 year old guy watching this saying, you know what, I, I want to go use stuff. There's different conversations here about the usage of steroids, right? Absolutely. And then there is, when you said the guy about 45, 55, you know, he goes to the doctor, Without he's low 180 or 120. What right. do I do? Doctor says, you may consider TRT, right. you know, something like that. What is your counsel you give to somebody that has zero plans of being a professional athlete? using under 50 versus the person above 50. So my, here's my thinking. So I tell everybody, like, obviously the choice is yours. Like, you're going to have to make the, you know, the decision. Sure. But if you have zero interest, zero interest in competing, I would think long and hard before using anything. So because, don't touch it. No. Okay. I don't, I, because my thinking is, why are you going to take it? Like, like, now, when you get into that 40 range and your level is literally coming down, Without a doubt, like I think that you're crazy not to take it because I think that the benefit literally outweighs the risk. Like a hundred percent, like a hundred percent. 
But the guy that's wanting to just literally walk around and look like a freak in a t-shirt for no other reason than looking like a freak, there's a lot of stuff that's over the counter that can literally benefit you. Such as? So, I mean, there's a lot of pro-hormones, and, and we don't even have like great pro-hormones anymore because most of them are illegal. But there's still like a lot of, you know, I mean, like there's some stuff that pushes the envelope a little bit that would that would benefit you legally. Legally. So are, yes. you, are you talking like back in the days when uh, now back in the day uh, the protestin, anatestin, all, yeah, all of that stuff like would be great, you know. And and now there's still a few. I know high tech has a few. Mm -hmm. I know Blackstone has a few, and they're legitimate like products that literally work. And like to me, like if you're not planning on competing, if you don't have a goal at the end, like if there's not a reason. Like, why are you doing it? Like, it makes literally That's my number one thing. That's my number one no thing. Sense. If you're not trying to compete, if you're not uh, trying to, uh, you know, go out there and do something with it, there's no reason to do. There's plenty of supplements to be able to train with. And get I like what Brandon Curry says. says first get the training, down, get the diet down. Absolutely. And then consider that. We're Absolutely. talking about this because of the, the reason why you are here after the response we got with sure. Sean. And we're getting sure. a little bit deeper into this topic. Sure. So now, let's go to the last part of what he said. Uh, 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 in the video where he says, you know, this person's life, you know, that person's this person. Right. So obviously these are some names here. We'll go through them together. You obviously know who these are. Right. Munzer, you know, El Sombari, sure. Matarazzo, and then we have uh, some other guys here we'll get to here in a minute. Right. So, you know, when you look at this, what was the cause of death with, what, was this controlled by it or we don't know? So with Matarazzo, and like one of my best friends was best friends with him. So uh, one of my best friends, Mel Chancey, was very, very good friends with him. I've heard nothing but good things about him. Matarazzo? Yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah, like one of the greatest yeah. guys on the, that's whatever. Know, like phenomenal personality, like um, fun, just a phenomenal guy, phenomenal guy. Realistically, I, I believe that he was like hereditary. Like I think that his father died um, at a relatively young age of heart issues. Like can can you say like did did the things that he did maybe escalate it? Possibly, like okay. possibly. Um, but I mean, I don't think that there was anything like he wasn't like terminal because of bodybuilding. I think that there's no doubt like some of the choices he made without a doubt could have, you know, changed the the process, but I think that I think he died of cardiac arrest if I'm not mm -hmm. mistaken and I think it was a hereditary issue. El somebody because Sean put that on you. Put that one on yeah. me. Right. So here's the thing with with Nasser. So Nasser was probably one of my best friends within the industry. So he me and him were together a lot. I talked to him probably more than any other bodybuilder ever that I'd worked with. So me and Nasser were very, very close. Um, my relationship was not with Nasser was very unique because most of my guys I was 100% in control of, 100% in control. But Nasser was a little bit different. So if anybody that knew Nasser, he was a very, very intelligent man, spoke seven different languages, like he was a very smart human being. Um, and so my role with him was literally more advisory, maybe, I, I guess you'd say, or friend, like, you know, whatever. Um, and so, you know, literally the shows that I would work with him, I worked with him for, yeah, 97 Olympia, 98 Olympia, 99 Arnold. Okay, so those were the main shows that I worked with him uh, in. And I didn't literally take over all of his stuff until the last week. So I would control definitely all right. of his, like, final prep stuff. But the rest of the stuff was... 
you know, at this point, you know, by the time he got there, like, he was big. Like, he was, like, I didn't need to be like, hey, listen, this is the way you need to train. Or this is what you need to do. He would, you know, send me pictures and be like, how close am I? And I'm like, dude, you're behind. Like, we need to, we need to drop the hammer. Like, we need to crank things up. Like, that was where the things were. He would ask me, like, hey, I'm getting, I'm thinking about adding this in. I'd be like, yeah, that's probably a good idea. Or no, that's, you don't need that yet. Or those types of things. Um, but there was never like, this is what you do right here. This is what you follow. Da, 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 da. Now the thing with Nasser is like, this is the thing that's interesting about Nasser. So again, um, like he literally puts that one on me, right? So, but literally I didn't train him after 99 and he died 14 years later. Like, I'm not really sure how like, okay. I'm not even sure how you even go down that road. Like, it's so idiotic. Like, I mean, like, he could have lived 20 more years, and then you're like, yeah, that was still it. Like, yeah. Munzer, obviously, you, hadn't, you, you never did anything Munzer, but Munzer. it's interesting. I talked to Munzer the year he died. And so he, um, he was a very unique individual. He was a super nice guy. He didn't speak really good English, so it was like... Tough to speak. It to was tough to, to communicate with him. And we were, you know, we were talking about some stuff, and then we were talking about a certain thing that he was using, and then he mentioned another, it was a cortisol blocker that he was talking about, and, um, and then he mentioned another cortisol blocker. It was, it, was a, it was the weirdest conversation, I'll never forget it, and I'm like, I said, you realize those are the same thing? And he's like, no, they're different, and I'm like, no, I said, this is the American version, this is the European version. And, so um, he was double dipping. Yeah, and so he was double dipping on those. Now, those are notorious for eating up, like, your stomach. They're really hard on the stomach, like, even at a moderate to low dose. And, and he was doing a humongous dose of it. Now, I'm not saying that's what had anything to do with it. But I, the conversation that I had was very, like, so weird because I remember going up to Kim and being like, man, these guys don't even know what they're doing. Like, they were talking about this and, like, the same thing. Like, what in the mm -hmm. hell is going on? And then literally we get home from the Arnold that year, and, there, and then he had died on the plane, or at least coming you know, over there. And he was like an anatomy chart. Like, After your call. Well, no, I just literally talked to him. And it was a very oh, okay. brief, like, like, it was at the show, and we were talking about stuff. And, I mean, like, his physique makes no and, sense, though. I mean, and he was actually commenting on Kim's physique. Like, he was like, yeah, he was like being like, I'd never seen a, you know, a female's quads that lean, da 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 And we're like, you got to be kidding me. Like, look at your quads. Okay, let's uh, let's just go to uh, uh, let's go to Dallas. Dallas, for okay. sure. So obviously that's the controversial one that that's you hear about what happened. For sure. So for sure. There, there's a, there's a, the dialogue between Dallas and Sean when they go backstage. You know that whole thing. I've been thrown right, up for three right, days. All this other right. stuff. And what, what's your relationship with Dallas? Because that's the biggest one he puts on. The you. biggest one, right? Yeah. So here's the thing with Dallas. So I worked with Dallas for three months. That was it. I only worked with him for one show. I, I met with him in November. Um, at nationals and I prepped him for the Arnold. I became very close with Dallas during that time and you know Dallas was one of these guys that was just a likable like there's no way you couldn't like Dallas like he was probably one of the most genuine nicest people I had ever met in my life. Um, he was super honest about everything like there were so many things that like so I never literally second-guessed him about anything because the things he told me like I would have like never dreamed that he would have told me honestly like you know he told me you know things just from way back way back um, and there was you know the thing that I probably one of the toughest things for me is like when I when I think back 
through all the stuff. Like there was signs right from the get-go. Like when we first, literally the very first week of the diet. So we started, we literally kind of started like the beginning of December. And so we had talked at nationals, which is the middle of November. And then we started in December. So I only literally worked with him for three months. He worked with another guy for two years before that and another guy before that. And then the guy two years before me ended up working with when he died. Um, but the very first week, like he calls me, he's like, listen, I'm throwing up. And I'm like, like, well, that's not, I said, are you, you feel okay? And he's like, yeah. He goes, you know, I do that a lot. He goes, I've done it all my life. I got like a weird stomach, but he's like, I didn't know whether I should like replace the meal or not. And so I'm thinking like, wait a minute, like, what do you mean you did that your whole life? And he's like, well, I've thrown up my whole life. Like I had a weird stomach. Like I literally throw up, like I threw up before every football game. I've thrown up like before every contest, like every contest diet I've ever had, I threw up. So I'm like, I said, listen, like, don't, you know, let's just see how this plays out because you may be sick. Like you may have the stomach flu or something. So the week goes on and he seems fine. And then Thursday throws up again. So I'm like, okay, listen, this ain't normal. Like you don't just throw up. You're like literally 25 years old or something. I'm like, go to the like uh, urgent care. Like <laughs> I want you to go to urgent <laughs> care. Like you're throwing up now. This is a week, two weeks into your this relationship of the 90 in, days. This is a week into the relationship, right? And so he comes back and he's like, yeah, they think that I may have bronchitis and the drainage is like coming, you know, drowning and it's, ma- and it's making me throw up. And I'm like, well, how do you feel? And he goes, I feel great. But he goes, listen, I get bronchitis all the time. He goes, I've had pneumonia 10 times in my life. And I'm like, what? I go, you've had pneumonia 10 times in your life. And he's like, yeah. He goes, I, oh, I literally like always get it. And he kind of blamed it. Like, like he, and he was very open about this. So I have no problem talking, but he's like, yeah, I smoke weeds from the time I was 12 years old. I was, he goes, I probably smoke more weed than anybody. He goes, I kind of cough and I have drainage and that's kind of what it kind of leads to. And I'm like, Okay, I mean, it sounded... Pneumonia from wheat? No, but if he was saying he gets pneumonia, and I was trying to say the coughing. So the coughing, the drainage, Got and then he, okay. like, you know, he's like yeah. restricted breathing, and then he ends up with like bronchitis yeah. and then pneumonia. And so I'm kind of thinking like, eh, you know, I get the coughing, like the pneumonia thing sounds a little weird, like, I don't know. Uh, let's see how you feel. I said, why don't you rest for a couple of days? Let's see how you feel. Weekend goes by, it feels fine. A couple weeks go by, he's back to throwing up again. And I'm like, dude, this is not normal. Like... You shouldn't be throwing up. And he's like, Chad, I'm telling you, I throw up all the time. Like, I literally, I've done it my entire life. And that's the one thing, thinking back, like, I'm like, you know, like, where, where was that head? Like, how in the hell, like, where was that head, you know? And so we go through the process. Like, through the whole process, I can tell, like, something's off. Like, his body's not really responding like I thought it would. It didn't... Um, you know, and then, and like, I don't know if people even believe this, but like, based off of what he had been doing, we literally did half of that, what he had been doing. So a lot of this stuff, so You're half, saying you're doing half of what he was doing? Half of what he was doing. So my thinking was like, holy shit, like maybe like his body's not responding well. Like maybe it's not because mm-hmm. we pulled back so far, mm-hmm. right? Um, but then all of a sudden his body kind of started to come around and everything started to look halfway decent. So we just, you know, and then he actually kind of started feeling better. Everything kind of seems like right on target. We go and we're literally planning on going into um, Pittsburgh to meet with Mannion, let him look at him, take a look at him, posing, just critique posing, all these little things. We're sitting there and he starts throwing up again, like with the stuff. And so I'm like, 
okay, like, dude, like, how, like, this is not normal. You shouldn't be vomiting all the time. And he's like, Chad, listen, like, this is just my life. Like, this is what I do. Like, I vomit. I have a weak stomach. Like, I, this goes all the way back to football. Like, it goes all the way back to football. And so I'm like, okay. So we go through the process. Through this whole process, I can tell, like, something's clearly off. His body didn't respond well. Like, nothing's really responding well. So, and so we start talking, and we start talking about, like, just personal things. Like, you know, and so he had moved away from his hometown. He went to Boca to be part of the company that he was with and everything. And so we literally, and, and this is after the Arnold. So he ends up second. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he goes to New Zealand, which I literally didn't even want him to go to because I thought he was sick in, uh, at the Arnold. Like, he was, like, hawking up shit. Like, I literally said, listen don't go, but he had already like signed contracts. Like he was already committed. He's like, I have to go. I have already signed a contract. And I'm like, listen, just go to the doctor and you know, get him. He's like, nah, I'm going to go. So we, so we go there. And then, and then of course he's super sick in Australia, almost passes out on stage. Like we literally, like literally two hours before that, we were literally talking on the phone. I'm like, don't do the show. Like, I don't want you to do the show. And he's like, I'm going to take a nap and We'll see how I feel. Two hours later, he calls me back. Man, I feel phenomenal. I feel great. You know, and I'm like, are you sure? And he's like, I feel phenomenal. Like, I just needed a nap. I think it was a flight warm me out. And then, of course, he goes on stage, damn near passes out. So then he, you know, he comes back home. And so through this whole process, I'm like, listen, something's off. Like, I think that you're unhappy. Like, listen, I don't think that, I think you left your home. I think you moved to Boca. You don't know people there. You're in a, you're staying in an apartment by yourself. Like, like you're doing all of this stuff that's like not making you happy. Like it's not making you happy. I'm like, you need to get out of there, get completely out of there, go back home. And at the time, he didn't have a good relationship with his family, but he was trying to mend that. And I go, go back home. Like, you know, create this bond with your family that you're trying to do. Do do all of these types of things. And I said. I said, I said we, we don't even need to work together. I said, go back home. And his coach was in his hometown. I go, go back with him. I said, because I think that friendship stabilized you. Like, I think it stabilized you. I think you were happier within that environment. I think a lot of your friends and, and gym people were there. And he was like, you know, like, that's... I think that's what I'm going to do. And so that's where we kind of left things. Like, we kind of left things. Me looking back on that now, I'm like, was that the right decision? Like, was, like, was me just kind of saying, go back home, like, go into that thing? Because it was literally right after that that they started posting up pictures, and I could tell instantly something was wrong. Like, instantly. And then I became like in this like tug of war with myself, like, okay, do I call up him and say, dude, what the hell are you guys doing? Like something looks off here. And then like, am I budding in on this? Because I'm not working mm-hmm. with him anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm not the coach. And yeah. like, it's kind of an un you know, like written rule. Like you don't inf- interfere with other people's stuff. But I felt like, man, something's off. Like I knew it. And then the last picture he posted, I'll never forget this. Dan Solomon called me and he's like, have you seen the picture of Dallas? And I'm like, I'm like, I have. I said, he doesn't look good. And, and uh, I said, he literally looks like he's getting ready to drop dead. I said, and, and uh, Dan Solomon says, I, dude, I just saw him and he looks like he's walking death. And I said, 
that's what he looks like in the picture. I said, he's gray. I said, his skin looks funky. Like He's in a hospital? He's no, no. He, no he just, they're just posting up progress pictures online. And, uh, and I'm like, I said, he doesn't look good. Like, like, he just looked unhealthy. And two days later, he died. Like, and that's the story. Like, you know, I didn't, you know, like I wasn't training him during the time. I trained him for three months. I didn't train him for the next four months or whatever um, from the time he died. I have no idea what they did. Um, I have no idea what he was doing. It's an unfortunate story because he, uh, uh, you know, you, again, uh, in, in stories like this, you get a lot of different versions of it on what happens. But he was a guy that uh, was a liked guy. That he was, was coming one of up. the most liked guys yeah, in that's, the sport. That's, that's, like, I'm telling you, like, he was if not the most liked guy. Like, I mean, I'm telling you, like, you were never gonna find anybody that had anything negative to say about Let me him. ask you about, it. there's, a, there's an article online uh, that says the supposed Dallas McCarver anabolic, anabolic cycle from cycle. Chad Nichols, right. right? And all of the stuff here that it's got, you know, I mean, the list is it's a not, lot. I can tell you, first of all, that's not, I can tell you, I've already seen it. I, it was sent to me. I can tell you exactly what it is, if you want me to tell yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. This is not um, his cycle. This is a drug list that him and his coach ordered. That's the list they ordered. That's it. That's I, a drug list. That's that they a ordered. drug order list. But that's not you. This has nothing to do with okay. me. Okay, so I this can is, tell you that with a fact. This is pre you, or uh, this this is, is after me, I believe. This is either pre me or after me. But this has nothing to do with me in Dallas at all. Like, Chad, that's a heavy, That's a lot. This of is heavy a ridiculous stuff. amount. But this yeah. supposedly what I was told is a shopping list for him and one other person. That's what I was told, and I was told that from the, literally the person they ordered it from. So it's a legitimate, like, like it's a legitimate um, guy that told me it, so. It's a legitimate guy that to, told you, but this has got, this part has nothing to do with you ordering with them. That's this ain't somebody. got anything to do with Okay. Me. Like this uh, literally, yeah. like I can tell you by, like there's so much stuff on this because I believe this is the one, because I've seen two, but this is the one with EPO on it. Yeah. And it's, it's weird because that drug right there, um, I can promise you, like he didn't use with me, but he asked me about that drug. And it's weird because I didn't even think anything about it, but we were at the Arnold and he said, listen, we're just bullshitting. Mm -hmm. And he goes, listen, he goes, I've heard people use EPO. And I'm like, yeah, I go, listen, it, I, I know of maybe three people that could have benefited or has benefited from EPO. I said, very few people, because it's a drug that literally like endurance people use, right? Doesn't really play a, f a factor with bodybuilders. There are some very rare, rare <laughs> instances that possibly, and he's like, and then he asked me this question, I'll never forget this, and, uh, and this was before I ever seen this list. He asked me, well, how long do they stay on that? And I'm like, five weeks max. And he's like, really? He goes, have you ever heard of anybody staying on longer than that? And I'm like, um, yes, yeah, cyclists, like cyclists. He goes, bodybuilders? And I'm like, no. And he goes, so nobody like six months a year. And I'm like, I go, that would be, I go, dude, I don't know. He's ever. asking me this. He's asking me that question. And I said, no. I said, that would be friggin' idiotic. Like I said, that you get a sense that he asked you because he had done it for six months, so or you I don't know. I didn't have any idea. Okay. I didn't have any idea what he was asking me. But then when I saw this, then I saw the EPO on it, and that's when I was like, "Holy shit!" Like, what was he asking about? Like, and then it and then I had already seen this list, and it wasn't until after the list um, that 
somebody told me like, well, you know what that list is, that's, a, that's an order list, you know. And if you know anybody involved with this list, there's a couple things on the list that points right to who the, the list is, so. Who it came from. Yes. Okay, and your world would know who that is. My world would 100% know who that is. Your, and your, they would 100% know that has nothing to do with me. Okay, so, so let, me, let me ask you this. The reason why I'm going in this direction is the following is uh, uh, I'm a fan of the sport. At this point of the game, you know I'm a fan, right, fan right. of the sport. I showed you a picture earlier what I looked like when I was 20 years old. I wanted Which was to go, amazing, by yeah, the way. I mean, it I was crazy, yeah, right? I wanted to go in the world right. in the direction of being a bodybuilder. And in one minute, I'm like, no, I'm leaving it. So with the current state of where Mr. Olympia is with no Joe Weeder, there's not a Weeder, right? There's not right. somebody that's selling it, pitching it you know, from the top. Right. And with the current social media conditions where Someone like this wouldn't like this. be around 1994. Right, Someone's right. not going to write an article like this and right. say, hey, look what you... Right. Someone's not going to be online saying, hey, Chad, hey, wait, I can't right. that. That's not the world we're in today. Right. To, not today, 25 years ago, right. right? So today, where everybody is quick to jump and say, I can't believe what happened there. What do you foresee taking place with the future of Mr. Olympia today in bodybuilding? And what do you think needs to happen for it to become mainstream rather than a niche, small community sport of don't bring too much attention. A little bit is good. We can make money, but let's not bring a lot of attention right. to it. Um, I think the direction that we're headed right now is positive, like literally positive. And there's a couple things like the the direction that the Olympia went last year. Now, l people are going to rip the shit out of the Olympia last year because there wasn't like a defending champ, there wasn't big names in it. And so, you know, I, I, I honestly feel sorry for Brandon Curry a little bit because, you know, he was in a no-win situation. Like him, Boanac, Hottie, like, listen, any three of those guys could have won. And they all three are going to go through what kind of Brandon is going through a little bit right now. And they're all going to be like, well, of course he won because he didn't beat anyone. There was nobody in it. Bonac wins, he goes through the same thing. Like, they all do it. But at the end of the day, Brandon Curry earned the right to be Mr. Olympia. He, he showed up, he battled. Like, I personally don't think he should have won. Like, I, I, I thought Hottie should have won. Like, because and I Hottie was, so you thought Hottie should have won. I loved Hottie's physique because wow. I'm a guy that's big on conditioning. I like conditioning. Um, I like, I thought to me, like when you look at structure, muscularity, and conditioning in comparison to all three, I thought Hattie, Hottie had more of, of that. But I also could see how Boanac could have won, and I can 100% see how Curry did win. So I thought it was that close. I thought it was literally, there just wasn't that one guy that just was like, oh shit, this guy, it's mm -hmm. over type of thing. So that being said, but the direction that the Olympia has gone, turning over to Dan Solomon, who everybody knows is a good friend of mine, but I know the direction he wants to take things. And if you look at all the stuff that he's doing right now, um, he's brought Shaq on board and they're doing a lot of promotional stuff and they're doing a lot of things. You're gonna see big names in the show this year. So there, it's gonna have heavy hitters in this Are you talking about Flex lineup. Lewis or who are you talking well, gonna, about? You got Flex Lewis in it. Right. We know that Big Rammy's probably gonna be there. We, who knows if Phil's gonna be there, but like, it's gonna, there's gonna be some major, major major guys in this lineup. So whoever wins this, it's going to be a legitimate win. So that's, that's a foregone conclusion. But the part that can take us into the next level is Athleticon. It can benefit across the board. Now everybody's trying to act like, oh, Athleticon is going to hurt the Olympia. I completely disagree. I think Athleticon is going to benefit the Olympia because anything that has the rock involved in it,
and he has embraced this industry. He is a bodybuilding fan. He is a tra he trains. He lives this type of sport, and he is bringing a different level of you know, like everything that he can do, nobody's been able to do. Like, listen, the, what he could do for this sport, there literally hasn't been. Like Joe Weider and and the things that they've done. Like, you, nobody will do what they did again because it was just a different time. Like, that, for me, was like the golden era because, like, he knew all the athletes and, and he was, it was like a family. Like, it was a little bit different. But it was a little bit of a cult-type, you know, thing. It wasn't mainstream, even though they wanted it in the Olympics. It probably was just never going to get there. The Rock can make it mainstream. He can put it out there and say, look at what these guys do. Look at the hard work they do. Can, he take, can it take attention away from Mr. Olympia or no? I, I, I mean, I don't think so. I mean, I think that the Mr. Olympia is the Mr. Olympia. And I think that what, I think Athleticon, Athleticon could be huge. I think it could be monstrous. To the point where they combine 51% of Mr. Olympia or no? Well, I mean, possibly, but I okay. think that, I think the key really isn't so much overshadowing the Olympia. I think what the key is how much attention and how big Athleticon could be draws that much more, you know, to the Olympia, in I, my opinion. I, 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 well, I mean, uh, listen, it's going to be interesting to see what happens because for me, again, it goes back to the conversation with, uh, what Dana White did to UFC, okay? And Dana White built that Joe Weider cult-like cult type of an environment with UFC Ooh. where people like me who were, you know, all boxing and, you know, following boxers to all of us and say, you know what, I don't even trust any of the judging over here. I'm going to go watch go UFC. To UFC. So I, got you. so I hope, I hope you're right, and I hope that does take place. But I also hope, uh, uh, I also hope that somehow, some way, the relationship with somebody like a Danny or a Rock gets deeper in to, to develop the, and promote the next bodybuilders and take them to the next level Without with the context doubt. that they have. That's the Without only thing doubt. I go with it. Uh, uh, Dan uh, seems like a really nice guy when you, you know. Super guy, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, he seems like a really nice guy. nice guy. He seems like a sincere guy that wants to do the right thing. Uh, uh, you know, sometimes organizations, some companies are missing one or two pieces. But the other question I was going to ask you with this part was, we just talked about the Dallas, we just talked about some of these stories, right? What, what do you think needs to be, do you think the bodybuilding world has a black eye because kidney, 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 you know, young, you know, down long, all the, do you think bodybuilding has a black eye of uh, uh, the amount of people that have died or have had issues there? And if yes, what do you think needs to happen? For it yeah, maybe go I mean, to a different direction. The thing is, when you look at the number of people that have had issues, you know, um, it's pretty small. Like when you when you look at it, and like I said, you know, even with the flex thing, like the flex thing was that even the Don Long. So I mean, that was one of the guys that that Sean Ray brought up. Again, he's a hundred percent aware of what what the deal is with Don Long. Like if you if you Google Don Long, you will find out that Don Long was born with one kidney, one functioning kidney. He didn't find out about it until 1999. So you know, and again, like, did bodybuilding like escalate the problem? 100%. It escalated the problem. If he would have picked to be a golfer, would he have needed a, you know, a kidney transplant? So those things are all out there. I think that the biggest issue is that just like this list, like this is what is being pushed out there because this is shock value. Like, and I think, you know, it's not so much like, look, there was the death. Momo died from diuretics and we know that he died from diuretics. And like, you know, there's, there are those cases that happened at shows. Like there are like, but they're far and few between. Um, 
and in reality, most of those are like all related to something else. Like the, the Momo stories are very limited. And, but I think this stuff, because you have a lot of young people right now that are on the internet and they're like, like trolling the sport, re, you know, realistically. Yeah. And because when I got to be honest, like when I first seen this list, I'm like, it's a fake list. Like, no, there's no chance that's a real list. Like, it's a fake list. You like, you know, and then you know when when like I was talking to somebody and they're like, it's actually not a list. It's a shopping list. And I'm like, okay, like I get it now. And it's not for one person. It was for two people. And you know, so I'm like, okay, I got that now. And so those are the things that are out there. But this list being pushed around by. 16-year-olds and 18-year-olds and 19-year-olds and all of these kids and then these kids talking about this and these kids just like the side enhancement. So you see all of these like crazy guys that have just injected like ridiculous amounts of shit in their arms and they look like a sideshow freak show. But where are they? They're on Generation Iron. They're on all of the platforms. They're being talked about on all the podcasts. Like most people are making fun of them. It's the ugliest thing ever. It's the it dumbest looking thing ever, sense. but they're literally there. Like, they're there. And when those are the things that are out there and people yeah. pull up bodybuilding and bam, there that is, the general public looks at that and is like, what in the hell? They don't see the story of Brandon Curry flying literally home with the Sandow and going directly to a school and talking to kids. Like, you don't see that very often. You see this freak who has pumped a ton of shit in his arm for no reason whatsoever, and that's the stuff because that's what gets shock value. So why doesn't Mr. Olympia develop better content with their YouTube channel and start pumping stuff out there and start really putting stuff in our faces so we right. see these types of stories. Exactly. So again, that also goes back to the marketing aspect exactly. and the way you tell the story. And, I th and it was a part of conversation that we had, by the way. I'm, by the way, I am assuming you have spoken to Dan about about it being uh, on value tainment. I'm assuming I actually no, haven't. So he doesn't him. know you're going to be here today. Absolutely not. No, okay, no, so then, no clue. So then he's going to enjoy this. <laughs> yeah. So he has no idea. Because when Sean was here, Sean was fully, uh, uh, you know, he sounded like he was all team. You know, uh, uh, the way right, he came in, right. prepared to, sh to, you know, shots fired and all right, this stuff. Right. He seemed really prepared for the whole thing, but. You know, uh, again, my interest, I'm interested in the, in the sport. I mean, you see who's in my... Uh, right, uh, absolutely. There's a reason why that's there. I'm, I'm interested in the sport. I think there's a... And, and may, But if you look at what Dan has done, like Dan has, you know, he had Mark Wahlberg at the, you know, Olympia this year, and he's immediately, you know, teamed with Shaq, who I think is, you know, one of the most visible personalities, no no you know, question. out there. No and, question And so it. those things, yeah. you know, are, are huge steps in I, the right I direction. I credit to that. But I also agree that you can only do so much there. And the only person that really has the ability to pull the strings to that next level is Danny and The Rock. And they have the ability to, I think, take athletes, to put them in front of people that yeah. you could never get in front. And that's what it's going to take. It's going to take somebody, whoever, uh, if it's Phil Heath or whoever yeah. it is, um, to win potentially Athleticon yeah. and to be put out there in front of people that would never see him. And when he's sitting next to 
Danny Garcia and The Rock, and they're talking about Athleticon and yeah. all of the fit, you know physical fitness and stuff. All of the nonsense then is eliminated. All these freaks that are doing the idiotic stuff is eliminated. Of course. And it's more of a positive. And that's where everybody yeah. needs to go. I mean, I hope it happens. I, 100%. I, I hope it happens. I think it benefits the entire sport if it does happen. Uh, I, I get asked if, Pat, do you want to buy Mr. Olympia? I don't have the time to buy it. I run a financial firm. Exactly. I don't have an interest in wanting to buy the company today. I'm in a different state in my life. But I wouldn't mind seeing somebody like them taking it. Now, let me ask you this. 2020 Mr. Olympia. What does it look like with Phil Heath? What does it look like without Phil? Phil Heath comes back, what happens? What The excitement with the people, in your opinion. Now, you're more Team Solomon. You're not really Team Phil Heath, so for full disclaimer, but right. if Phil comes back. But I like back, Phil, though. Don't get me wrong. Like, it's funny. Like I didn't used to really like him that much. I was actually, like when he first came on, I was like, ah, oh, he's narrow, and he's this and that. And he proved me wrong. Like you know, like he, I, I felt like he had weaknesses, and then he progressed as a bodybuilder. And, you know, I like the fact that he did that, you know, and I mean, he'll be the first to tell you, like, listen, like Chad would call me out, like, listen, when I look good, Chad told me I look good. When I look bad, Chad told me I look bad. Um, and so I'm very pro Phil when Phil is 100 percent, like, uh, uh, absolutely. If Phil is in the show, it is a better show. Like it is a better show. without a doubt. Like, 100%. Okay. You know, I just, you know, I think that that's the key. Like, do we see Phil at the Olympia? I think we're going to see Phil this year, 100%. You think you're going to see him 100%? I think we are going to see him. I just don't know if we're going to see him at the Olympia. Oh, I agree with you. I, oh, that's yes. right. Athleticon, I totally, yes. Yes. I totally agree. And, and there's been some, uh, uh, you, you know, there's going to be some uh, very interesting announcements being made here pretty soon. But, you know, I just hope it's not going to be one of those things. Because you know how sometimes, like, imagine if I am right now, you know how you said, if I had it my way, I would have done whatever I could to help the other candidates to help beat Sean Ray because I wanted to, you know, put exactly. it out. Exactly. So, so, so maybe if Mr. Olympia is a little bit pissed off with Phil before the way he's kind of been with Sean Ray, maybe Phil is kind of like, dude, if I come back, they're pumping up Flex Lewis to kind of subtly give him the Mr. Olympia. They'll give me number two. Why would I put my body through this? Through those are some of the things he's got to be concerned about because there's a lot of politics it, in this There is a lot of politics. Yeah. And I mean, those are things. Here's the thing, like, and I know that's a big topic right now because Flex Lewis gets an invite and, and like they're pumping Flex Lewis right big now. Time, though. Big it's time, not a big, bit. Yeah, yeah. it is big time. And and here's the thing that's tough about that. Like I get the aspect of he's a 212 champion, and I I believe 100% he deserves an invite because the Olympia champions literally carry over full time. So he literally deserves what he's getting. Yeah, no, but nobody. Yeah, and he's got a beautiful. You know, but here's the problem. Physique. Here's the problem. You have. You have guys literally getting ready for the Arnold right now. You have Brandon Curry, who's the reigning Mr. Olympia. And the last thing they want to do is prep for a show with even an inkling of doubt. Like, and I know exactly what that's like because my wife prepped for the Olympia. Who's, who's, who's uh, without who you're talking about? So the, like Brandon Curry. Brand, oh, yeah, the, the like, bodybuilders. So Brandon yeah. Curry. Like, you know, listen, you, so here's Flex being pumped. Uh, pumped. Now, I have a feeling when we get closer to the Olympia, that's, I have a feeling they're pumping Flex right now because they just invited him. And so I think everybody a little I bit, so. yeah, I, I, think a li right. I think a little bit everybody's jumping the gun. And I think when it comes right down to it, I, I think, so I think we're going to have a dominant winner at the Arnold. And I think that guy's going to be a major force. And I think that we're going to have Brandon Curry coming back 
as like really trying to prove himself because let's get real. I mean, he took a lot of shit this year because he didn't beat anybody. So he's now trying to prove himself. You have Flex Lewis, you know, going in who, who has all this hype and he's trying to prove himself. And I think that you have a situation and who knows what's going to happen with Roden. Like if Roden's court case is over and he's, you know, basically, you know, basically cleared of all charges, I believe that he will be, I think he will be in. And so we could potentially see four or five really good bodybuilders battle it out on stage. I still don't think it's going to include Phil Heath, but the the ultimate goal. Meaning, you then, don't think Phil's going to hit the stage this year? I think he's going to hit Athleticon. Okay, without yes. a doubt. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I still think we could benefit because the ultimate goal potentially would be whoever wins the Olympia goes to Athleticon. Now, I think obviously if. Mr. Olympia then beats you Phil Heath. How scary it is what you just said. It's scary because Do you realize what oh, you just without said? a because doubt, because then that means Athleticon becomes the not necessarily. Just think if Phil Heath like bypasses Mr. Olympia. Well, just think if just think if let's say that Phil Heath bypasses the. I'm, I'm just going to throw this out here. Yeah. So let's say Phil bypasses the Olympia and goes to Athleticon. Yeah. And let's say that Big Rammy comes in and wins the Olympia. Okay. And decides he's going to go to Athleticon, and then he beats Phil at Athleticon. He just proved that the Mr. Olympia is still by far the top thing. Now, the Probably flip side of that is if, if he wins the Olympia and goes and gets beat by Phil, then it becomes a different Let story. Let me tell you the scarier part. Here's the scarier part. Say Phil goes and competes Athleticon, he wins, he gets a contract with Under Armour, he gets a contract in the movies, he makes $9 million, Rami then goes and wins the next year. He gets a four and a half million dollar contract. Then there's a massive exodus, and and you have to understand capitalism works. No, that I get way. that. I because understand. Where I you're had headed. a guy of mine. I'm sitting down. He's talking to me. He says to me, Pat, I'm telling you, I got the safest business. There's no one that's going to put me out of business. I said, Andy Grove, the legendary CEO of Intel in the '80s, wrote a book called Only the Paranoid Survive. And it wouldn't be the smartest thing right. for Mr. Olympia to not be paranoid. It wouldn't That's be. That's just my, absolutely. my own I thought. Agree. And again, I could be wrong. But I got to tell you, like, if that scenario played out, it would be the absolute greatest thing for the athlete. I be, agree. It would be unbelievable. I totally agree. You know, Phil Heath making X amount of million, whoever the next totally person is. Agree. It would be the greatest thing because, in my opinion, what it would do is it would light a fire, hopefully, under some of these guys and go, Holy shit, look what Phil just did. Because right now that fire's not there. Like you can see it. Like when you're looking at guys Wayne Johnson and Danny Garcia are way more sexy. Oh dude. Just keep that part like, of mind. They're yeah. more, the opportunity and the Without upside is sexy. So Without you're getting into that world. That's a sexy and it's, situation. And it's, and it's to a be different in. scenario because like these guys, like right now, I think, you know. I mean, when you go to these shows and when everybody's talking about, like, these guys aren't suffering and these guys aren't putting in the work and these guys are out of shape and this and that, da-da-da-da, I can tell you that a $8 million Under Armour contract or whatever, you know, like all that kind of money, that will literally light a fire under somebody's that's the, ass, that's the you point. know, and, that's and the that's, point. yeah. And so, and then I'm going to give you the bipolar, complete opposite side of it. I'd love to see Phil get nine. I just don't know if the political power people want to see Phil get nine. Because Maybe. I don't know if they want the face yeah. of nine to be ahead of Lee Haney or Ronnie. Because it's almost a little... I just hope I'm wrong. It's tough. Again, like, I hope yeah. I'm wrong. But You're talking nine Olympias. I'm talking nine Olympias. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. If, that's, if, tough. If that's tough. I'm, if I'm a guy that's right now in Olympia, 
I want to see him come get nine because that's that's media, that's conversation, right. that's talk. But again, but I'm, but when you think about it, like when you know, and th- and then I just had this conversation when we're looking at that talk, like that guy, okay, the guy that's going to do that. And I'm not saying it's ever going to be done, but e- even if it's Phil, first he's got to win one more to to eight, to, yeah, to yeah. get to eight, right? That just ties him. And then he would need another one to break nine. To break that, like to break that, that athlete literally has to be 100%. Like that athlete doesn't come in and just win. I you know what I mean? Because even when Ronnie was going for nine and, we, and he was already dealing with the back issues. you don't think Phil can be 100%? I don't know if he can be 100%, but in two years, I'm not sure if he can be. He'll be 41. Buddha. He's 40 yeah, right now. Yeah. So, so he can still go. Two possibly. Weeks. Possibly. You know, but I, even when Ronnie was coming in and he was having the back issues and stuff, and, you know, I remember having this conversation with Kim. He's like, you know, this is like nine, and, and where is he going to have to be? And I go, this will be the hardest Olympia ever to win. I said, no matter, even if, he's a little bit, well. even if he's a little bit better. He's not winning this one because that separates somebody. That's a monstrosity of an achievement. If anybody could do it, maybe Phil. Maybe Phil, but it would be, it would be crazy. Well, uh, Chad, I think we have to thank Sean Ray for making this happen. <laughs> if it wasn't for yeah. your best friend, Sean Ray, you and I are not sitting in front yeah, of each other exactly. having this conversation. Exactly. But also at the same time, I, uh, uh, I like the fact that you have the courage to sit here and take all the questions. You know, it's not... It's, it's probably you, the most you, open. I'm like, I'm not the most open guy just because bodybuilding is typically not open. Of course. You know what I'm saying? Of course. Um, but I think that there's so many negative things out there right now. And like, look, it's not like we're hiding something. Like, we all know what's going on. And I think the problem is like, there's so much misdirection and so much mis, you know, uh, information out there as far as like what's actually involved and stuff. And that's why, you know, like, um, even Kim was like, you know, how, like, how far are you going to go with this you know and I go you know what like I've never like literally spoke like openly and um, I'm gonna speak as open as I possibly can and that's exactly what you did I think that's exactly what the audience is gonna appreciate about this I am assuming there's gonna be a Chandra camp that's gonna be here as well (laughs) to put their thoughts and we want to hear from you as well but Chad appreciate you for coming out really thank you so much 24-hour thing. I was here, right? We're going to get you on a flight, but appreciate you for coming out. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And by the way, if you haven't already subscribed to Valuetainment on iTunes, please do so. Give us a five-star. Write a review if you haven't already. And if you have any questions for me that you may have, you can always find me on Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube. Just search my name, Patrick Bidavid. And I actually do respond back when you snap me or send me a message on Instagram. With that being said, have a great day today. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.